0: 6. Remain standing and we'll read a verse or two and then we'll sit down. Revelation chapter number 6. If anybody needs a lesson, does anybody need a lesson? Everybody got one? Everybody got one in the middle? I, I need somebody to help, me. Who, gonna help me. Who's going to help me? Who's got one? Brother Melvin, we need one over here. I see you the Lone Ranger back there. All right, right here in the middle. Raise your hand. If you need a lesson, raise your hand real high. There we go. That way, that way we can see it. Everybody good over here? Where you been, Johnny? Boy, I tell you what. Over here, raise your hand. Anybody in the balcony? Everybody good in the balcony? Up on the shelf? Those close to the Lord? All right, all right. All right, I want to answer a question. You know, we, I, I told you we have our, our question box over here, and uh, we had a question put in there last week, and I uh, try to, to answer the questions if they come in. We'll answer them the following week. And this is the question, where and when did the Gentiles start or come from? And so in the way I'm going to answer this question, I'm going to, I'm going to change the question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but by changing the question, I'm going to answer your question. Instead of saying, where did the Gentiles come from? We need to say, where did the Jews come from? Because everybody was a Gentile until the Jews began. And this is where that began. So this is, so, we're, so we're changing the question, but it answers the question. It's not a question of where did the Gentiles come from, but where did the Jews come from. In Genesis 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and unto a land I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation." And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families, that's Gentiles, of the earth be blessed. In other words, he said, I, he told Abram, I'm going to make of you a great, what I say? Nation. nation. That nation is the nation of Israel. Abraham is the father of the Israeli people of the Jewish nation. So... Where did, the, where did the Gentiles come from? It's better answered, where did the Jews come from? Because God chose Abram out of the Gentiles and began a nation with him. And that nation is the nation of Israel. It was God's intention to use the nation of Israel as his people. Not, not just so they can say, hey, we're God's people. He wanted them to be separate. He wanted them to be different. He wanted them to stand out of the crowd, if you will. Not just so they could be special, but so that they could tell all the Gentile nations who God was. And they were supposed to be God's representative to the rest of the world. And they messed it up. And just like mankind does, uh, uh, God has to come in there and fix everything. Amen? But uh, I hope that answers your question. And all God's people say it. All right. All right. Now, Genesis chapter number 6. Genesis chapter number six, and we're going to, uh, let's just begin where we stopped last week, and I'll give you a brief review. Uh, did I say? Y'all know where I'm at, Revelation. <laughs> Bunch of comedians. <laughs> Revelation chapter number, I'll read Genesis if I want to, amen. All right, all right, verse, verse nine, let's, let's start with uh, uh, verse nine. And then, like I said, we'll we'll come back. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long? Say that with me. How How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them, that they should rest for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black and, and as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and every island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb." For the great day of his wrath has come. Who shall be able to stand? Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy and, and, and the privilege we have to be in your house and, and, and just this gathering place. I know we're the church. And our bodies are the temple of the Lord. But God, you've given us a place to gather together and, and hear your word and study and grow and learn. And I pray that we'll do that tonight. I pray that you'll guide my mind I pray that you'll let my thoughts come easy. and Lord, you know how desperately I need you. And Lord, they need me to have you to, to help me deliver truth in such a way that it's easy to understand. I pray that you'll help me to, 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 to share what I've learned. And God, I pray that your perfect will be done tonight. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't say. And don't let me forget anything I should. And God, will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. By way of introduction, if you missed last week, I encourage you to go back and watch it, listen to it, uh, and get that information. But we found out that there was, the seals began to be broken, the seals of the seven-sealed book, uh, which represented an unleashing, if you will, if you want to use that terminology, unleashing of God's judgment upon this earth. Uh, uh, as one seal was broken, we see a white horse rider came forth, and that white horse rider represented the Antichrist. It represented a, a politician. It represented a deceiver, someone who did not win victories by, by violence or war, but by deception, by, by political savvy, if you will. Uh, he he is the one that maybe Lord's willing, and in, 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 in just a little bit we're going to do just maybe one so, whole solid night on the, the this person, the Antichrist. Uh, and but he he comes forward and he deceives the world. He primarily not just deceives the world, but he deceives the nation of Israel, and he signs a, a pact with them. He signs a treaty with them, and then we see after that the next seal is broken, the second seal, and a red horse comes. And the red horse represents what? What did we say last week? Anybody remember? Blood or war. War. Uh, He comes crying, peace, peace. And and the first horse, the white horse, the the rider who who brings a false peace. Uh, Peace, peace. But when they cry, peace, peace, then sudden destruction comes. Then there is war and rumors of war. We said last week, we said last week that Matthew chapter number twenty-four is Jesus' commentary on this time of Jacob's sorrow, this time of tribulation. And 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 we 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 went to that several different times last week in the study. And we'll do that again tonight. But we, we know that this is the time where there's going to be fighting that's been unprecedented in mankind's history. There's going, to be, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be civil wars. There's going to be wars between countrymen. There's going to be wars between families, brother against brother, kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation. Uh, uh, it is going to be unprecedented in our time. And then we see the third seal was broken. <clears throat> when the third seal was broken, we see the black horse. And the black horse represented famine. Famine is an automatic, uh, uh, it's an automatic reality when everybody is, is using all of their technology and all of their ability uh, to create uh, weapons of war and create things to kill. Uh, listen, it, it, is, it is an automatic thing that's going to take place. They're turning, they're turning tractors into tanks and they're turning technology to grow food into technology to kill man. And so not only that, but all of the men, the young men who would be farming the land, who would be planting the soil, who would be harvesting the wheat and harvesting and, and creating the bread and the substance and the things needed for bread, they're going to be killed in these battles. So now we have a shortage of food. There's going to be a famine that, that, that spreads across this earth, not, not just in certain isolated places like we have today. There are places today where people are starving to death. Starving to death. Every single day there'll be people dying on this planet of starvation. But this is talking about the whole planet. The whole planet. And we went into great detail about that. Check out last week's study. Then we see the fourth seal. The fourth seal is, is broken. And then we have the black horse. The pale horse. Or excuse me, the pale horse. And the rider is death. Listen, when you have war and you have famine... Uh, and, I mean, it's evident that the next reality is going to be death. Death is coming. And we talked about uh, how the, that death is going to take the numbers of people and God is going to destroy. And, 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 and the deaths are going to take place by several different things. Weather, wildlife, uh, uh, the animal creation is going to turn against man. Uh, it's just going to be a devastating time. time of disease, a time of pestilence. And this is going to extend... Throughout the seven years of tribulation. Now tonight we're going to start with the fifth seal. We're going to open the fifth seal, and uh, and as we go, if you want to, if you want to uh, uh, flip over to uh, Matthew chapter number twenty-four, we'll get to there directly. But as as way of an introduction, I want you to remember some things. In the top of your notes, in the top of your notes, you should see that big word "remember." How many of y'all have found that right now so far? Everybody see that? All right, let's remember. What's the purpose of the tribulation? What, what, why is all this here? One, to bring the Jewish people back to God. To bring the Jewish people back to God. And you say, well, I, I, I thought they, they pray all the time. But they're not praying to the God of the Bible. They're praying to the God that they've imagined and they've created. God sent his son and they rejected him. God sent their Messiah, their king, their promised one. And they rejected him. They're far from God. I was standing, I was standing at the western western wall, the wailing wall, uh, and, and, and it really broke my spirit. I'm telling you, I I, I was standing there and, and in the background, uh, Brother Brown, I don't know if you can remember this, but we're standing here and we have we have Orthodox Jews sitting there weeping and, and praying at the wall, and behind us, if you'll remember, was the, the Muslim prayer chants coming over uh uh the the speakers and, and you have you have a cult behind you and, and, and people ignorantly worshiping in front of us, and not knowing God, not having God and and so God is going to bring him back. God is going to bring the nation of Israel back. then secondly, he is to shake man 's confidence in himself and the earth. He's to shake man's confidence in how many of y'all know mankind is pretty arrogant? Pretty arrogant. It's like it's like what I heard growing up as a kid. How many y'all, how many y'all have ever heard this phrase or was told this by a a, a grandma or or a parent? You're getting a little bit too big for your britches. How many y'all have heard that? Mankind is getting a little bit too big for their britches. They're arrogant because of their technology. They're arrogant because of their science. They're arrogant because of what they think they are and what they think they can do. Now don't get me wrong, man has come a long way. But God's fixing to reel him in. And God's going to break and shake man's confidence in himself and the earth. The tribulation is to redeem those who have never heard the gospel who turn to him. So that means there's going to be people saved during the tribulation. Which I believe personally are those who've never heard the gospel. Four, he's going to judge Christ rejecting man. He's going to judge Christ rejecting man during the tribulation. And then he's going to prepare the world for Christ's reign on the earth. He's getting it all ready. So, with that being in our minds and keeping that in our heads, so we'll know as we're going through this, these are the reasons God's doing what he's doing. Let's look at the fifth seal. <clears throat> Number five, the fifth seal. Let's see here. It says in verse nine, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now, I want you to write this down. First we see the persons slain. The persons slain. We see a group of people. We see a group of people that's under the altar. If you will remember... If you'll remember, as we did chapter 4 and chapter 5, uh, we showed the parallels between the tabernacle and the temple and the, the tabernacle and temple in heaven. How many of y'all remember that? Yeah. And we showed that, that everything on earth was just a pattern of things in heaven. If y'all remember that, say amen. Yeah. So here we have the altar. The altar. Now, the altar is Jewish in, in character. It, we, we know the altar there was in the, the Old Testament temple, the Old Testament tabernacle, and it was at this altar that sacrifices were made, sacrifices were made, say that with me, sacrifices were made, that's a key, that's a key to understand what we're looking at here, and we see the souls of men under this altar, uh, we know, we know uh, that, well, I say we know, I'm going to show you what I know and you're fixing to know, amen, Uh <laughs> Uh, These, I believe, with all of my heart, is primarily a Jewish crowd. This is a Jewish crowd, and I'll explain why in a minute. One, we see the altar. The altar in the tabernacle is always connected to the Jew, not the Gentile. Are y'all with me? Say amen. We know this is where the sacrifices were made, so we believe these people were martyred people. These were martyred people, all right? In other words, they gave their life for what they believed in. They gave their life for the testimony of God. And I believe these were Jewish people, all right? And, and let, me, let me go on as we read and I'll show you why. First, we see the person slain. Then B, we see the pictured sacrifice. The pictured sacrifice. We get that from, uh, we get that from the, ta- the tabernacle and the altar and what was the, the altar was used for. It's Jewish in nature. <clears throat> then C, I want you to see the purpose that they were slaughtered. Why were they killed? The Bible says in verse 10, or excuse me, back in verse 9, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain. And by the way, it says souls because they do not have a resurrection body yet. That will not take place till Jesus comes in the resurrection at the, or, or in the, his return in chapter number 19. But it says the souls of them that were slain, they were slain for the... Everybody say it. They were slain for the word word, word of God and for the testimony which they held. All right. Now, so we see that. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back to Matthew 24. I'm going to just give you the other point and then then we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. All right. Then I want you to see the prize that they were supplied. White robes were given unto them. White robes were given unto them. Now, now hold your hand, hold your hand in Revelation chapter number 6 and flip over to Matthew chapter 24. Jesus' commentary of the tribulation time, the tribulation age. You're going to get to see something tonight that I wish everybody that comes on Sunday could see because you're 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 going to get a just a sneak peek ...of what you're going to learn this Sunday. What is is Sunday? We're going to talk about the book of Matthew. Matthew is about the... Oh, help me, Jesus. We just did this Sunday. (laughs) Matthew is about the... King. King. Jesus, the king. The king and his kingdom. All right? Uh, uh, He is the king. And we're going to show everything about the king. Now, this is what you need to get. This is what you need to get tonight. The preaching of the kingdom... And the gospel of the kingdom. All right. Now watch. Look in Matthew chapter number 24 in verse number nine. Verse number nine. Okay, we read verses one through eight last week, and we 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 compared them and paralleled them with the four the first four seals and the four horsemen. How many of y'all remember that? Say amen. We said this is just the beginning of sorrows, right? Now watch this, verse nine. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. you. Now, who's speaking? Who's he speaking to? Jews. Jews. He's speaking to Jews. This is a Jewish book. This is a Jewish audience. He's speaking about Jewish things and Jewish realities and truths. He's saying they're going to kill you. The Jews. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated hated of All all nations. All nations. All of them. Including their only friend. The United States. We'll come back to that later. You're going to be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now go back to verse 14. Look at verse 14. Or go to verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom. kingdom, This gospel of the kingdom. That is not the gospel of grace that we preach every week. It's the gospel of the kingdom. Say, preacher, where in the world do you get the gospel of the kingdom? It is the gospel that John Baptist preached when Jesus came forward. And I don't want to give you too much of this because a lot of this is Sunday morning. Matthew is about the king and his kingdom, right? In Matthew we hear a phrase and it's the only place you see it. The only place you see this term in this phrase, kingdom of heaven, is in the book of Matthew. The kingdom of heaven is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is his spiritual rule in your heart, in your life. The kingdom of heaven is the literal grounds and the the land and the literal physical kingdom here on this earth where the capital is Jerusalem and the throne is the throne of David. Does everybody understand that? There's two different things. There's way too many people when they're teaching this, they put them together. Oh, they're the same thing. They're not. And if you put them as the same, you're not going to understand Scripture, and it's not going to make sense to you. That's where a lot of false doctrine comes from. But what happened? John Baptist says, well, all right, all right, let me, let me just show you one, just one small thing before Matthew, before Sunday, all right? Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to just read, you ain't going to turn, out. we ain't going to be there long. If you want to write it down so you know I'm not lying to you, you can change Matthew 2, verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the? Jesus. What were they looking for? The king. The king. Who was the king? Jesus, Jesus right? When, when, when John Baptist came out in the wilderness, he says, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the kingdom of heaven, that physical, real kingdom with Jerusalem as its capital. In other words, he is the forerunner proclaiming the king is here. The one that's been promised all through the Old Testament, the Messiah, the king, are y'all with me? They were looking for a king. They had been promised a king. They were waiting on a king. And John Baptist says, he's here. He gets killed. Takes his head off. Jesus steps right in. And he begins to, to, to preach the same message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now watch this. Watch this. You remember when he sent out two by two? Sent the disciples out? What did he tell them? Go To the house of Israel. Don't go to the Gentiles. Why? Gentiles ain't waiting on a king. The Gentiles weren't promised a king. This is a message about the king. It is not the message the disciples preached after the day of Pentecost, the gospel of grace that God gave to Paul. This was the message that the king is here and the kingdom is at hand. At hand means within reach. It's here. Does this make sense? Now watch. But what did did the nation of Israel do to their king? They rejected him. They rejected him. We don't believe you are who you say you are. And because they rejected him, God said time out. God's prophetic clock stopped. And the kingdom preaching stopped. The night before, the night before Jesus' crucifixion, he shared the meal and he gave them an ordinance and he said, this juice, this, 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 this wine, this is a new what? Covenant. Testament or covenant. It's new. From that point on, we see the church in view and God timing out. With the nation of Israel. You see that. You don't see the preaching. Of the kingdom of heaven. You see the preaching of the grace of God. Okay. Now there's a lot more to that. We'll get to Sunday. You just have to wait on it. All right. Now. When the church is raptured. When the church is raptured. I'm I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all think I was just running a rabbit. Because I want to hurry up and tell you all that. But I'm going somewhere. When the church is raptured, it ends the age of grace. Right. And when the age of grace ends, guess what else ends? The preaching of the gospel of grace. But when the preaching of the gospel of grace ends, guess what begins? The kingdom. I, y'all, y'all don't know, so I'm going to have to tell you. <laughs> Verse 14, what did Jesus say? And this gospel of the shall be in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So what is Jesus saying here? Jesus saying after the rapture of the church, you remember what we said before? Remember what we said before? God primarily worked with the Jewish people, the Jewish nation, right? And they, he sent his son. He sent his king. He sent the Messiah. They rejected him. When they rejected him, he stopped operating through the nation of Israel primarily put a time out on his plans with them, put a time out on the preaching of the kingdom, the ushering in of the kingdom, and he said, now I'm going to work with the Gentiles, I'm going to work with the church, and the church is being built as we are speaking right now. There's going to come a time that the church age is going to end, the age of grace is going to end, the church is going home, and God's going to say, all right, it's time for the preaching of the kingdom. Y'all with me? There's only one problem. There's only one problem. Everybody hates Israel. Now think about this. Think about this. When we went to Israel, the the security was ridiculous. To get in, to get out. I mean, uh, just uh, as I watched, I was blown away by all the kids. Now, y'all kids kids are, are, are playing travel ball. Their kids are playing war scenarios. I mean, as soon as they graduate high school, they got to go in the military. Why? Everybody wants to kill them. Everybody around them wants them gone. And by the way, by the way, don't think that there ain't a bunch in the U.S. that wants the same thing. Just listen at the rhetoric in the new, the new Congress people. I mean, I, I don't have to make this stuff up, guys. They're called termites. Yeah, it's there. Turn your news on. The world hates them. The world doesn't even want them to have the little sliver of land. What do you think's going to happen... What do you think? And, and by the way, I, I had this, la- do we still have the picture of the, of the, the land uh, grant, that, that picture we had a couple weeks ago uh, last week, a couple weeks ago, if you can find that, put that up if you don't care. But, but do you realize that, the, that that the land promised to Abraham goes all the way to the Euphrates? That's in Iraq. Jordan, Syria, all, are y'all with me? Can you imagine? Can you imagine when the Jews stand up and tell the rest of the world, Our king's back! And he's gonna elevate the nation of Israel and give them the status that God promised them in the beginning, that the nation of Israel is gonna be above every other nation now? They're gonna be the big dog on the block? Can you imagine how infuriated all the governments of the earth is going to be? Can you imagine how mad Iran's going to be? Can you imagine how mad Iraq's going to be? Can you imagine how all the Arab nations, Russia, China, everybody, everybody, even the U.S., he said, you're going to be hated of all nations, for my name's sake. Whose name? The king's. Because you're going to preach. Watch this. You're going to preach. And this gospel of the kingdom. Of the what? Kingdom. Verse 14. And this gospel of the Amen. Shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Now I want to I read this. Clarence Larkin. Clarence Larkin. He's a, a dispensational writer. And, and this is what he said. According to to Christ, in this verse we just read, a persecution will be brought about by the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom when the church is called out from the preaching of the gospel of the grace of God. That's what we're preaching today in the age of grace. Which is being preached now will cease and the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom will be revived. The same preaching that John the Baptist did, the same preaching that Jesus did. It will be preached by the Jews and will be the announcement that Christ is coming back to set up his earthly kingdom and rule over the affairs of men. This will be exceedingly distasteful to the kings of the earth, particularly to the Antichrist and the kings of the ten federated kingdoms, which you haven't learned about yet, but you will. And the outcome will be great persecution of those who preach and accept such a gospel and the souls that John saw under the sacrificial altar are the souls of those who shall perish during that time of persecution. Now, what did Jesus say in verse 9? Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. So they're going to die during the tribulation period when they begin to tell everybody, our king's back, he's coming. The character of their cry, and this is, this is even further proof, is what they're saying. They're crying. They're saying, how long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? How long are you going to let this go on? How long? When will you, watch this, watch this. When will you avenge us? Let me read it. Let me read it. Uh-oh, let me go back. All right, verse 6, verse 6, uh, verse 10, verse 10. Chapter 6, verse 10. When you get there, say Amen. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and, everybody say it, and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Now, let's go back to the age of grace. Let's go back to the church age, the age of grace. How do we talk? Stephen's being stoned, he's being killed, he's bleeding all over. What does Stephen say? Father, lay not this sin to their charge. You see, that's an age of grace. Totally different communication, totally different terminology, to- totally different behavior. He says, Father, lay not this sin to their charge. But let's go, let's go back to Deuteronomy and, 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 see, and see the song of Moses. The song of Moses. <clears throat> Says, says, Deut- it's in your notes right there underneath Matthew 24, under number 5. Deuteronomy 32, 43 says, Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will... Everybody say it. For he will... Deuteronomy has to do with Jews. Moses was a Jew, say amen. He was an Israeli, he's an Israelite. For he will... Avenge what? The... Of his... Servants. All right, let's go back to 10. Now, that was Moses speaking about the God of Israel, right? right? And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge an hour on them that dwell on thee? So I believe this is talking about Jews. Because of the picture of the, the altar, because of the proclamation. The kingdom of heaven has has been reintroduced. They're talking about we're going to be, the nation of Israel's rising. Well, the Antichrist is not going to take that line down, and neither are the rest of the nations of the world. Are you all with me? And they're crying out for blood. They're crying out, avenge our blood. Look in the next. Look in the next. And it was said unto them... Verse 11, and white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet a little while or a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be, what's that word? Fulfilled. 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 So we have have a a huge group of martyrs who have given their life for the testimony of God. And, it's, and according to this, there's going to be more. There's going to be more. All right, number six. Look in verse number 12. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as the fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and every island were moved out of their place. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every freeman hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come. Who shall be able to stand? Now, so far... So far, all of the judgments and all of the actions being taken has been earthly, right? Right. Man killing man, man fighting man, man deceiving man, uh, everything has been earthly, if you will. Well, the sixth seal changes that. The sixth seal now, judgment is coming from where? Heaven. In other words, God is getting involved in this thing. God is beginning to supersede and he's, he's going to start bringing supernatural events that's going to take place. Supernatural things are going to happen. Judgments that are going to take place in this earth. Now let's, let's describe them. First, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. There is a heavenly horror. A heavenly horror. He said there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon became his blood. I didn't have, uh, I had it on some other notes that I had given other lessons I've taught in this, uh, and it gave uh, different times of great volcanoes and, and great volcanic eruptions and earthquakes has taken place, and the ash that has come out of these volcanoes blotted out the sky, blotted out the sun, and I didn't have room to put it in here, but but those things have taken place already. But it says this. It says, and the heaven departed as a scroll. The stars of heaven fell upon the earth, even as a fig tree. In other words, there's cataclysmic things happening in the heavenlies. And the heavens departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Every mountain and island island were moved out of their places. It was so bad. It was... Uh I got time. How many of y'all want to hear just a little speculation? Just a little. All right. In the beginning of time, back in Genesis, I think it's Genesis eleven. Genesis, I believe it's Genesis eleven. Uh, the Tower of Babel, right? Everybody spoke what? How many languages? One, they were all one people, one language, one love, you know, whatever, you know, everybody's together, they was at one. God had already told them to replenish the earth, but they disobeyed him and they went to the plains of Shinar. Plains of Shinar is the same place that the Antichrist is going to set up his headquarters, which is basically Babylon, which is in Iraq. Okay, it's the same place where the Tower of Babel took place. They say, we're going, to build a, we're going to build a tower to heaven. Now, don't have in your mind that that means they're going to build a skyscraper. Their plan was to build a tower to get to God. To bypass God's way of getting to God, we're going to create our own way to. Well, God comes down and sees all this mess. And he says, because they're one people, one one tongue, one language, because they're all one, nothing's going to restrain them. Nothing will be impossible to them. The evil that they could create and the evil that they could come up with will be unrestrainable. Y'all with me? So he confounded their languages, and he scattered them. But the Bible says this, that... He determined the bounds of their habitation. I want you, if you've got the pictures, if you've got the pictures, down at the bottom, down at the bottom, you see the earth as it is right now. Eric, can everybody see that? The continents the way they are? It's like a big jigsaw puzzle, right? But if you stuck them back together... As you see it going that way, you know, I guess it goes this way. It would be one solid continent. And some commentators believe that it was at the time that God confused the languages and scattered the people that he split the continents to keep them separated. Now watch. Watch. Because of technology today, because of man's ability today, man's skill, man's wisdom, man's science, man's technology, you know what we're back to now? Because of the information superhighway, our communication, you can be in Hong Kong in a matter of hours. We're almost back to the way it was at the Tower of Babel. Now, watch this, watch this. I know this is a little rabbit running, but it's a fun rabbit to run. The Bible says, He that now letteth will let. The word let means to restrain. Restrain. He that now letteth will let. He is the Holy Spirit. Who's he restraining? The mystery of iniquity, the son of perdition, the Antichrist. Now watch, we know by studying, we know by scripture, he wants what kind of, what kind of religion? A one-world religion. What kind of government? A one-world government, right? A one-world society, a one-world government. Because he wants the whole world to worship him, ultimately. That's what we, we know and we've learned. But guess what he wants it to be like? Just like it was in the plains of Shinar. Shinar. God comes down and he sees those at the Tower of Babel and he says, Because they're one, nothing, their wickedness, their evil cannot be restrained. Restrained. Y'all catching this? The son of perdition, the Antichrist. He wants one world government, he wants one world religion. Let's all just be one. And the Bible says, He that now us will let. He that now restraineth will restrain till he be taken out of the way. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. What does that mean? The mystery of iniquity is this. God is restraining the forces of evil right now. But he's slowly withdrawing. And he's slowly withdrawing that restraining. Would you have ever dreamed In a million years, what's taken place in the last few weeks? Would you have ever dreamed in a million years that the type of abortions they've just made lawful and they just denied a law to save a baby that's already alive laying on a table? Let me tell you what's happening. God's given this world what they're asking for. He's slowly withdrawing that restraint to prepare. Now watch what he's called: Son of Perdition, the lawless one. And some some commentators believe you say, "Why'd you get all this?" Look in verse. Look in verse number. Let's see. Verse number fourteen fourteen. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every and were moved out of their places. You know, can you go back to that picture if you don't care? Julio. Don't them all look like just a bunch of big islands? And they're gonna be moved. Some commentators believe, now I'm not telling this for gospel, I'm just telling you This is a theory. This is an idea. They're going to go right back together. And this is the thing. This is the supernatural event that scares mankind to death. But going back together is preparing it for the reign of the king. Are you all with me? Say amen. Just a thought. All right. All right. We see the heavenly whore be. Things are moving. Can you imagine? Not just an earthquake, but the whole continent moving. Every island shaken and it's moving. It's moving. Every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Now watch what happens. Verse 15. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains. Now I want to give you something, just a thought, just a thought, just keep this in your head. When you think of the socialism, I'm not preaching politics now, I just want to show you something. Let me read this again and see if you catch it. The kings... Great men, rich men, chief captains, mighty men. Then, every bondman, which is a slave, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains. There's no middle class. You have the, and the, most of the world you see Is going to that. Anyway, anyway, look, look, look. But look at all of them. They said to the mountains. Let me back up, let me back up. Verse 15. And every free man, what's that word? Say it again. Hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. And from the wrath of the Lamb. Now think about this. They know who it is. They know who's sending this stuff. They know who's responsible for these judgments. And yet they're hiding. Let me tell you something. What do people normally do that's away from God? Adam and Eve sent in the garden. They took of the fruit. First thing they did, they hid from God. What happens when a, when a Christian, a person that's that, 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 that saved, soon they do something stupid, what is the first thing they do? Hide from God. Leave church. Run from God. When the very one they should have been running to, they're running and hiding from. Are y'all with me? So we have the heavenly whore and the hiding heathen. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Write it down. They're heathens and they're hiding. What else do you want to put down there, all right? (laughs) Y'all know I'll burn a thesaurus up, amen? (laughs) Instead of repenting, they come to God and the heathen will hide from the land. Matthew 24, 29 describes this. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven. The power of the heavens shall be shaken. The prophet Joel says in Joel 2.30, And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, for in Mount Zion and Jerusalem shall be deliverance. As the Lord has said in the remnant, whom the Lord shall call. And we're going to get to that in number seven. Isaiah 13, 9. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate. He shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth. The moon shall cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease. Remember what we said in that list of five. Y'all remember that? The arrogancy of the proud to cease, and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Number seven. <clears throat> Look in verse number, chapter seven, verse one. And after these things, after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. Say, what are the four corners of the earth that around? North, south, east, and west. west. Holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. Boy, environmentalists will be tore up about that. Say so amen. But watch what they say. Stop. Stop. Time out. Time out. Saying, "Hurt not the earth." In other words, suspend judgment. Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed hundred and forty-four thousand of the tribes of the children of Israel, of the tribe. And I'm just to save time. It goes through the different lists of the tribes. Two are left out because of their sin. Joseph and Benjamin take their place. Of the tribes of Simeon were 12... Let me back up to verse 9. Verse 9. Let's just read it. we got time. I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Nephilim were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Manassas were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Issachar was sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000, of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000, of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. And this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people, and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. One of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these that are arrayed in white robes? And which came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve Him day and night in His temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So, so number seven, we see there is a suspension in judgment. And by the way, if you will go through as we go through, you're going to see there's a suspension between the sixth and seventh seal, the sixth and seventh trumpet, and the sixth and seventh bowl or vile judgments. I'm glad in God's wrath, He always finds a place for mercy. And all God's people see it. In wrath, He remembered mercy on Passover night. In wrath, he remembered mercy before the flood. The Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In wrath, he remembered mercy at Calvary. Thank God for mercy. He says, stop, I'm going to seal. I'm going to seal my own. Lord, in your wrath, remember. Come on, everybody. Lord, in your wrath, Habakkuk 3, 2, remember mercy. mercy. What is he doing? He takes time out for uh, number eight, the sealing of, Of the Jewish missionaries. Write that beside that. Jewish evangelists. Jewish missionaries. Not Jehovah's Witness. These are not Jehovah's Witness. These are full-blooded Jewish virgin men. Never been married. And we'll describe them later on. They're servants of God. What are they going to do? They're going to go through the earth preaching the kingdom of heaven. They're preaching. Their description. A, you can put missionary, Jew, unmarried man. Their distinction, they're sealed. The seal is a mark of divine possession, protection, protection, And preservation. Say that with me. Divine possession. They're they're his. They're his. Protection and preservation. Isaiah 49, 6. Watch what it says. Watch as the Old Testament prophet describes. And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob to restore the preserved of Israel. Watch this. I will also give thee, I will also give thee for a light to the gentiles, gentiles. this group of 144,000 Jewish missionary evangelists are going to go to all nations preaching what the gospel of the kingdom right. all right Matthew 24:14 and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached, preached. by who those 144,000 Jewish witnesses That'll be God's evangelists on the earth. And by the way, they're going to do a lot better than what the church is doing right now. All right? There's a lot we can say about that for the sake of time. They're going to be preaching, and there's going to be people saved. There's going to be people believe their, their message. All right? Who are them? We're going to find out. Look what it says. Verse 9. Verse 9. After this I beheld in lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all... Nations. So now, the first group we talked about was a primarily a Jewish group, right? Under the altar. Those who were persecuted and those who were martyred, all right? Then, now, we see of all nations. These are the converts of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. They have been sealed and sent out into all the earth to get the, the earth ready for the coming king. And all God's people say it. But guess what? Guess what? The present king is not going to like that too much. So he's going to kill them. There's going to be executions beyond your ability to fathom. I, I, I know we wouldn't have time, but I, I made a list. <clears throat> I said I made a list. I copied and pasted a list of pictures of of the top, I think it was 12, 10 or 12, top 12 dictators of all time. And how many people they were responsible for killing. And by the way, as horrible, as horrible as Hitler was, he wasn't the top of the list. None of them, none of them together added up if you added all of the dictators and all of the millions of people that were executed by them, even if you put them all together, won't match the amount of people executed by the Antichrist. And this is the crowd that you're looking at. Look what they're saying. These are the converts of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. And this I beheld in low a... Verse 9. And this I beheld in low a... A what? Which no man could. It's huge. Unbelievable. See, so I that prove that's who they are. Look at verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these <clears throat> which are arrayed in white robes? And whence come they? Or came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb therefore they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple then he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them they shall hunger no more why is he saying that because there's a great famine on the earth neither thirst anymore why is he saying that because the fresh water is is going to be destroyed and, and turned into blood Neither shall the sun light on them. Why is he saying that? As we go into this, we we haven't got there yet, but you're going to see that the sun is going to be so hot and basically bake the earth. All of these things are on the the earth, nor any heat. For the land which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all what? Tears. Tears from their eyes. Write these things down. We're over time, so just write it down. Just write it down. These are the Gentile converts one to Christ as a result of Israel's restoration. They are not Israel and they're not the church. These saints will represent those that believe the witness of the 144,000 Jewish witnesses spoken of in chapter 7. We see their position. They stood before the land. See so what's the difference between that and the church? The church is sitting on thrones, by the way. We see their position, their purity, their protection. D, their praise. And really the palms in their hands should be under praise. And I, I don't have time to explain it, but just trust me on that. Just put an arrow to praise. When they would come in and have a triumphal entry, they would be praising by waving palms. Remember when Jesus came in on, on the, the donkey? In his triumphal entry, presenting himself as king. Hosanna to the king. Hosanna to the king. Praise, celebration, deliverance, victory. We see their purity, their protection, their praise, their privilege. all oh, the privilege of serving the king. Then their provision. You ever wonder... Look at me, don't, 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 only I can do that. (laughs) You ever wonder why in those certain verses that it says he shall wipe away all tears because it's going to be tearful. It's going to be bad. But ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to be there So just, but even for those who are, when they make it there, it's going to be worth it. And all God's people see it. All right, church, say amen. Amen. Man, I can't wait for Sunday. Can't wait to start talking about that kingdom. How many of y'all did your homework? Already looked through Matthew, looking for the kingdom, kingdom of heaven, kingdom talk, kingdom terminology. All right, that's what you're supposed to be doing this week. And all God's people see it. Lord, thank you for...